Welcome to the Let's Talk Diaspora podcast. This season, we're diving into various strategies for reaching the unreached people groups within the diaspora. And we're also talking about that uncomfortable middle. Um, Today's topic, or today's episode, we're discussing the important aspect of developing an extraordinary prayer strategy. So an extraordinary prayer strategy and discipling the nations to the diaspora. But what's the uncomfortable middle about prayer? It's it's hard to pick an uncomfortable middle because like if you talk to any born-again believer and ask them, is prayer an important aspect? They're going to say yes, yes, and amen. But some of the tension I see related around prayer is you have some people who feel as if um, they are a prayer missionary and all they do is pray and have no engagement. Now, I'm not saying we don't need people who just pray, but thinking about, if you remember the big picture of the apostolic worker, I don't think there's a role for the apostolic worker to just be a prayer warrior with no activity. The other opposite side of that is we have people who are apostolic workers who don't have really good developed prayer strategies. And so you have this kind of uh, this tension between one side being we only pray and we let the Lord do everything and we don't do anything. And then the other side is, yeah, I pray a little bit, but I really want to do a whole lot. And I'm trusting that uh, I'm going to do everything and the Lord might do a little bit. So does that make sense of maybe some tension that we see in prayer. It makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I definitely see that. I think we have to look at all of these roles, the apostolic worker, as well as prayer warrior. And there's times that God's going to call us into each of these pieces. I think we need to realize that we all have a part in the evangelism part. Some people feel like they're an evangelist and I'm not an evangelist. So, yes, I see that very clear that some people would say, well, I'm going to be the prayer warrior and I'm going to, that's my my job in this whole big picture of kingdom work. But yeah, to- I, don't, I don't want people to mishear me of like saying it's not important to have people who pray consistently and focused, but that person is maybe part of an apostolic team where they're contributing to an apostolic vision but I'm just saying they're not an apostolic worker because an apostolic worker is we, you know, defined as someone who is praying, is called out, is sent, connects with people, shares the gospel, disciples them, plants churches, and develops leaders. There are people that are aspects of that, but they're part of the team. They're not the apostolic worker. Uh, well, let's let's focus in a little bit on prayer. And what is that? I think um, one thing that we, I've heard us say already, but I will say it again, prayer's not like secondary. Um, it's really the foundation. It's the root. Um, it goes to me, when I think about prayer, I think of that relationship again, aspect of doing it hand in hand with the Lord and um, not on your own. Um, so Let's start exploring why do we have a prayer strategy and why is it crucial with engaging diaspora communities? Bud, can you get us started on that? Yeah. So, I mean, at the very beginning, we have to understand that the apostolic task is a spiritual task. Um, 
you know, if the Lord doesn't build the house, it crumbles. And so when we think of developing our strategy, it has to start with prayer because it's a spiritual battle. One, we need spiritual protection. Two, people are being spiritually blinded and deceived, which only God can remove those blinders from people. Only God can protect us from the arrows of the enemy as we put on the armor of God. But I believe we do that through prayer. You're right, bud. We do it through prayer. And I think we get a great example of that. And we've talked about this um, passage last season, um, Luke 10, um, where Jesus calls out the, his disciples to go out. Um, and prayer is so much a part of that. He sends out, he chooses 72 disciples and he sends them ahead. And then he tells them the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And he says, pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. So prayer is what God wants, what Jesus, he's exemplifying for us that we need to start this whole process with. Yeah, Jesus gives us a great example of praying praying for more laborers. But then too, even as I mentioned, like for protection, he says, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. And then I, I just really love how Luke... Uh, you know, I my mind really connects with Luke. Luke, the historian. Luke, the doctor. Uh, I love reading the book of Luke because it, it's, in my opinion, the most chronologically preserved um, passage where it's still theological, but like John is very not chronological. But if we think about Luke 4 through 7, Jesus is doing all of the work. He's modeling. But one of the things he models is he takes time away from ministry to pray. And he's modeling the importance of prayer. Luke chapter 8 is basically Jesus' teaching for the 12 before he sends them out in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, he sends out the 12 with similar instructions. And then we know that the not, the 12 have reached people because now there's 72 others. Um, so it's a total of 84 people that Jesus is sending out. And he's saying, pray for more laborers. So we're seeing the gospel go out, but at its foundation is prayer, but not just prayer, prayer and proclamation. And with the proclamation, we've discussed that there are different strategies. Well, with prayer, there's different strategies um, that you want to consider as you're praying for the work that you're being called to, the work that the Lord's called you to. And one of those key strategies is praying for divine connections and for God to give us those opportunities with people and to be keeping our eyes open to the spirit leading to those opportunities that he gives us. Yeah, that's, that's a great that's a great place to start. So if you remember the process, um, we're starting with prayer, calling, sending, but then the next thing is connecting with people. So we're praying for God to connect us with people he has prepared. It, do, you, do you have an example of someone in the scripture praying for a divine connection? Well, Colossians 4, it tell, Paul tells us, he reminds us of this strategy. He talks about um, devoting ourselves to prayer and being alert in mind and thankful in heart. 
And um, he tells us, you know, he's saying, God, give us many opportunities to speak about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. Um, so Paul gives us that example of praying for divine connect- connections. And I mean, it's through praying for those divine connections that we're also going to be praying for those um, various languages and cultures and religious backgrounds that we're going to come across. Yeah, so you're saying we start with prayer. We're praying for opportunities to speak is what Paul said, but we're praying for those divine connections. We're praying for opportunities that the Lord is giving us because we're asking the Lord to give them to us. But then Paul also says in Colossians 4, he says, pray that I will proclaim the message as clearly as I should. So then we're, we're praying and fasting. So even thinking about uh, Acts 13, prayer and fasting actually gives us more workers. We see Jesus telling us to pray for more workers. And the church in Antioch, they're praying and fasting. What does the Holy Spirit do? do? He sets apart Paul and Barnabas. Then they're going. And then Paul is teaching us now, pray for opportunities, divine connections. And then he's saying, pray that I will proclaim the message as clearly as I should. So like there, there is this, this part of us where God is going to give us the words to say. So Rebecca, how, how do we pray into maybe, maybe I could phrase it like evangelistic effectiveness, knowing that the effectiveness depends on the Lord, but it seems like Paul is saying there is a way to do it clearly and there's a way to do it unclearly and we should pray to do it clearly. I think that one of the keys in that is devoting ourselves to prayer. And um, as I think about what that word devote, it means making it top priority again and not secondary. But it's also, it's something that we're doing on a continuous basis. Um, you know, in First Thessalonians 5, it talks about praying without ceasing. So um, we're praying constantly and over and over. Um, and again, that goes back to the relationship aspect. Yeah, and in Luke 10, you know, lambs among wolves, you kind of have this idea of also protection, but but definitely spiritual breakthrough. And as we're we're thinking about like diaspora communities, people from Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Sikh, Jewish, occult, you know, backgrounds, you know, there are unique strongholds in their life. There are unique lies that the enemy has told them. And so part of our prayer strategy is for spiritual breakthroughs, but they can be very focused because the issues that individual people and individual religious groups face are are strong. So like just one example that I have started praying for specifically is that Muslims would stop believing the Bible is corrupt. And that that is a specific stronghold that's in the Muslim community. And what I believe is if they would believe the Bible is true, from what I would I would say the Quran says the Bible is true, from uh, that sense, if they would believe that, then that is a stronghold that falls down. And, and then it's like dominoes. So even learning about your people group, what they believe, their religion, doing the research will help inform you to pray strategically for those spiritual breakthroughs. You're right, but I mean, I think about even going into a Hindu temple or even a Buddhist talking to a Buddhist, their thoughts and their their ways that they do things are so very different from you know anything that I know and can comprehend. So it's very important for me to be praying through those pieces as I'm 
um, you know, learning about them and getting to know them. I have a friend that's uh, been talking to a Mormon, you know, and she's afraid of um, the Mormon convincing her against Christ. Well, I mean, we need to start all of those kind of conversations with prayer. Yeah, pr- prayer is such a foundational piece in in preparation and calling and sending and connecting and proclaiming. Uh, and then in proclaiming, we're, we're, we're praying against spiritual strongholds. We're praying for breakthroughs. But then even um, how, how, how do you think prayer is a part of discipleship? What, what is the role of prayer in discipleship? And, and what, I, what I'm thinking, Rebecca, is oftentimes our view of discipleship is a curriculum. And I've not experienced very many times someone more mature, me, more mature than me in the faith, especially when I was a new believer, saying, why don't you come pray with me? And modeling prayer. And even I, earlier I mentioned Jesus modeled prayer. Like prayer transcends the entire apostolic task. Like prayer is involved in every aspect. Mm. But the some of the resources you know, Rebecca, what what are some resources? Because when we start passing this on to someone else, right? Because that's what discipleship is, is we're passing on what we've received, what like Paul says in Second Timothy, what I entrusted to you, entrust to faithful men who will teach others. Sometimes we need something that's reproducible or a resource to pass on and use. Maybe now would be a good time to share some of those resources that I know you have really been able to embrace and use. Well, one of the things is even talking about this strategy piece. I love prayerstrategist.net. It has a whole um, type of discovery Bible study of going through the various strategies of prayer. I think on that site, it lists 19 different strategies um, to think through with prayer. So again, prayerstrategist.net and doing a discovery Bible study on each of those prayer strategies and being led by the Spirit as um, you learn about prayer. So that's one piece. Another, another thing that I love is I love having different aspects of prayer, different ways that we can be praying. I love watching a prayer cast video. So prayercast.com has videos that you can watch. And as you watch those videos and see people's faces and see what got, what things are happening in the world, you, um, you tend to pray more effectively. I love involving our senses in prayer, listening to worship music, um, helps me to pray and pray for the nations. Um, so there are lots of different resources, but I know there's one resource that bud that we're real involved in. Can you tell me a little bit about that resource? Yeah, that's uh, upgnorthamerica.com and the virtual prayer walks where you can go to an unreached people group community in a city in North America and see the places that they frequent, their places of worship, their markets, their restaurants, where they get their haircut perhaps. And then you're able with like Google Street View to see those places. But then images on Google, you can see. So that actually lets you see the Faces. So I like to say you're you're praying with insight by seeing the places and faces that these people frequent, and and trusting that you can pray for some things we've already shared. Pray that the Lord would send more workers. Luke ten two. 
you can even set your alarm on your phone to go off at 10.02. My, my alarm goes off at 10.02 to pray for more workers uh, among the unreached. You can pray that Christians in the area would have divine appointments with that people group in those places. And then third, you can pray that as they begin to proclaim, even just think of what we've talked about, as they begin to proclaim the gospel, that they will do it in a clear way. And then ultimately, I always pray that that the kingdom of God would come among this people in this place to the glory of Jesus. Like, because that is the end vision. We want to be praying towards end vision, but knowing there's ways to strategically pray along the way. And then another great resource that has a lot of these resources we've already mentioned, um, Justin Long with Beyond um, has a whole list of different prayer books and prayer ways to be praying for specific peoples and just a whole bunch of prayer resources. So um, that's another great place to get some different ideas and thoughts. But, but just not just praying on our own, another great um, part and a practical way that we can be praying is we can form prayer networks. But are you a part of any prayer networks? Yeah, actually, um, I, I started a prayer network in my city for a specific people group. And so we have like a WhatsApp group. You could have like a signal group where we are putting prayer requests into that. It's a group of people who have uh, committed to pray for these people. And then a few times a year we get together and we have a prayer gathering. Uh, we'll actually have believers from that people group come to that and pray with us and share testimonies. It's a time of worship. But what it does is it, it creates some community around prayer. Um, you know, honestly, at a lot, a lot of churches today, there's not community around prayer. And just because our church doesn't have it doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. Sometimes we can actually start something inside of our church for that purpose of praying for unreached people groups or a specific people group. Or it can be a collaboration of multiple churches, like a city church gathering, where you have people from a dozen churches who are committing to pray. Um, there, there's several other prayer networks that I'm a part of, but that's one very, very close to me and actually have a prayer gathering on Saturday. So it's on the front of the front of my mind. Well, and I think you reminded us too the importance of that community prayer. Um, and I, I just think back of what I've, I've seen in the past happen when communities do come together and pray. It, that's what we're talking about, that extraordinary prayer. Um, we really can have testimony, a testimony about people getting more involved um, in the apostolic work, um, the harvest field, um, coming to know Christ. There's so many ways that I've seen just because of people coming together in a community to pray as a church. Um, yeah, thinking about the, the community of prayer, uh, again, my mind always goes back to the process. Calling, calling and sending, connecting with people, sharing the gospel, discipleship. But then even thinking about the, the role of prayer in the church and leadership development. In Acts 2.42, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the prayer, to the fellowship, and the breaking of bread. Prayer is part of the lifeblood of the church. And then in leadership development, in the last episode, we talked about how through prayer and fasting, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in the churches they had planted. 
So prayer transcends every aspect of this. And I, I, I just feel like I can't say that enough. It's not just one part. It's, it's in every part. And if your strategy doesn't have prayer in every part, I, I would submit to you that you're, you're lacking prayer in that. Our friend David Garrison, uh, in his book, Church Planting Movements, you know, basically discovered, researched, you know, 10 universal elements of church planting movements that he looked into. And one of those was extraordinary prayer. And so if we want to get to that point, not saying, you know, Dr. Garrison wasn't writing a book and saying, this is how you start church planting movements. He just said, out of the church planting movements I've observed, these are the things that are always there. You can't get beyond extraordinary prayer. Yes. And I think we've talked about how it's got to be interspersed into every aspect of what we're doing. So, um, but I also, I want to mention one other aspect that, of prayer that we can sometimes forget. It's very important that we spend time talking to the Lord, but it's also very important that we spend time listening to the Lord. So we want to remember that in that strategy part of prayer is that we want to have that time where we're listening together as a community um, about where God's leading and what he's wanting us to do. Yeah, that, that is a, a very overlooked, I think in the, I always blame it on the West, on the United States, on North America. Um, and so don't, don't hear that I dislike the church in North America. It's just when I look at the Bible and I look at our current situation, I see a gap. And my only exposure to the church, you know, you know, I've, I've been in churches in Muslim background countries, uh, I don't see it as much there, but this gap in prayer, uh, community, community-based prayer, communal prayer, there, there are churches that will actually make fun of you for advocating for corporate prayer. Uh, I have experienced that. Um, and so I just want to say a word of encouragement to you. Like if this is so appealing to you, this idea of mobilizing prayer, having prayer teams, having prayer in every aspect of your ministry, and you're in a situation where it doesn't exist, we want to list these resources for you so that you can be the leader to start that. If you want to see a movement of God, start a movement of prayer. Uh, I, I don't believe that that is a, a statement where it means like, if we do this, God must do this. But I truly believe that when we align ourselves with the Father's heart in prayer, and as we start to listen, not do, but listen, back to Rebecca's point, listening prayer, then we know what to do. And then we're joining the Lord where he's at work and we begin to see traction in a way that we've not seen traction before. So we want to encourage you to serve with us among the diaspora communities and prioritize prayer. Thank you for joining us for this second episode of Let's Talk Diaspora Season 2. Haradi Jews are some of the most unreached people in the world. But God is moving in this community and we sense that the time is ripe to increase our efforts to reach them with the good news. The key to this outreach is prayer. We invite you to journey with us into the world of the Haradium 
and to meet Haradi men and women, as well as the believers who serve them, and to join us in the critical work of prayerful intercession. Start learning and praying with us today with a free digital download, or you can request a free copy at upgnorthamerica.com forward slash resources.